This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life. Only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today I have Dr. Rhonda Soje with me. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Good. Thank you. Well, it's good to see you. Thank you. you got good a big to see res- you, too. you got a big responsibility of everything you do. Oh, thank you. Yes, it's quite big. <laughs> That's right. I would agree. So you are the executive director and the CEO of the Leadership Council of Southwest Illinois. Uh, obviously, yes. you don't just wake up and get in that seat, so we got a lot of good <laughs> stuff to talk about today. So I sure. appreciate you being with us on the Circuit of Success. And, thank uh, you. Coming to see us in our makeshift studio here today yeah, with all this COVID stuff going on. Our mm-hmm. friends at 1818 Chop House and Visionary Wealth Advisors, we kind of share this room here. And so uh, happy to have you. I know you've had some events up here. Yes, we have. As a matter of fact, not too long ago. Nice. Yes. Nice. Well, good. So, uh, Rhonda, if you could maybe just share a little background information on what's made you the woman you are today. Because, again, you don't just wake mm-hmm. up and be a, a CEO of a very uh, mm-hmm. important and big opportunity. So uh, let's sure. talk about that. Well, my family has been in this region for, you know, many, many, many years, um, and we're deeply rooted here and so excited to help the communities grow and and prosper and continue to move forward. Um, I started my my life's journey in Cahokia, Illinois, Mm -hmm. and that's a very underserved area. And so, you know, seeing all the amazing opportunities that our region had, it, it enabled me to really think about where I wanted to go in my career field. Yeah. And so did you kind of know as a young woman that, hey, this is the path I want to kind of be in leadership? Or was this just something as you, like no. a lot of us, right? You kind of just take one kind step and another tough, step. Yeah, and then just take it, one yeah. step at a time. Yeah. And, you know, after high school, I was really lucky to go to the St. Louis Federal Reserve Bank, mm. um, which was a big step, big yeah. job, um, being able to do that right out of my high school and college years and, and start a career field where I had mentorship there that enabled me to really think about the professional that I wanted yeah. to be in the future. So yeah. that was a big deal. So talk to us about your educational background, because obviously oh, you're sure. a doctor. Yes, and so, yes. Uh, so talk to us about that. So I have undergraduate degrees in mathematics, finance, marketing. I have an MBA. And then I also have a doctorate degree in strategy and competitive intelligence. Oh. And where did you get that from? Webster University. Okay. So yes. always in the area. Always in the area. That's yeah, great. absolutely. So talk to us about Southwest Illinois, um, the Leadership Council of Southwest Illinois. So uh, obviously I'm familiar with it. It. Uh, it's mm-hmm. kind of a, a, a all the business leaders. I shouldn't say all, but a lot of the business leaders mm-hmm. in the area are a part of this. It's an unbelievable mm-hmm. council. And uh, but talk to us about it. What's the mission? What's the goal? What are you guys trying to accomplish? 
Well, the Leadership Council's been around a long time, about 38 years. It was started by SIUE to bring that one voice to the region. And that was really important because there were so many huge issues that needed the collective strategy of all of those leaders coming together and then addressing them in a very comprehensive fashion. So the Leadership Council, our mission is really to unite the region for growth. And we have a 250 of the most prominent industry, government um, leaders within this region that come together to really solve big issues. And that, that's, a, that's a big role for them. That's got to be pretty neat, I would think, you know, kind of being the leader of 250 of the most prominent business mm-hmm. leaders in our area who are yes. doing amazing things in their own right. But then I think it also is unique to, to show what people can do when they come together. Absolutely. Right? So, you know, it's, it's an interesting place. And I think about my doctorate degree in strategy and competitive intelligence. And you have to put together a really strong platform to address some of those issues that are so dominant and, and in a methodology to go about solving them in a way that, that makes sense for our region. Are you, uh, we'll, we'll bounce around a lot of different things. That's my, okay. you can see my script. There's not a lot. It just, <laughs> Just kind of okay. the things based on yeah, your, your yeah. answers to the questions, that which I love, and that's why we love doing this. But when you think about the 250 different leaders, mm-hmm. are there a, is there a common theme that you see around the you know, one or two things that you say, you know what, if I, if mm-hmm. I said these 250 things, these 250 people, here's the common theme I see amongst mm-hmm. all of them. I would say courageous leadership. Um, These are leaders that are not afraid to take on tough issues in our community and really look for a solution that's going to be workable for everybody. Mm. And I think that's that's the most important thing that I've seen throughout the years. And I'm a long-term member of the Leadership Council. I started there as a member, and then I was a past president and chairman of the board, and now I'm in this role. So I've seen it from all different perspectives. And, you know, we have a lot of amazing assets in southwestern Illinois, and when you put those all together from multimodal to Scott Air Force Base to our amazing workforce and all the things we do here. It's a really compelling situation for an ecostructure that just thrives. Yeah. So when you say Southwest Illinois, define that for our mm-hmm. listeners, if you can. So what, what, what is all that? So uh, that would be the nine counties on this side of the river in the St. Louis MSA. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so there's a lot of people. A lot of people, 700,000. 700,000. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so talk to us about some of the things. I know we've, we talked on the phone maybe a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And just some of the things you were mentioning that's going on really kind of behind the, the doors that mm-hmm. a lot of us don't know about, right, until mm-hmm. they're announced. And so the things that you can talk about, what, what sure. are some things that you all are focused on and what are you bringing to this mm-hmm. side of the river to make us all live and work and, mm-hmm. and raise children and, and, uh, in, in a much better area? So I would say one of the big things here is our biggest employer, which is Scott Air Force mm-hmm. Base. It's comprised of four wings and 36 mission partners. And very recently, they um, announced $300 million in new projects that are going to be at Scott Air Force Base. And that's a big deal. That means continued growth, continued activities at, at our largest employer mm-hmm. here. And that that's an integrated activity with all of our communities because all of those military members live all you know in all of our communities. They're leaders. And we want them not only to come here as a military 
military member, but then after they retire, stay here and be part of our community. So that's a big effort that we have. So we've been working with them on some strategic basing initiatives that the Department of Defense has wanted to see in terms of quality of schools and then also with licensure. So when military spouses come to our area, we want them to go to work and feel Mm. welcome in the state of Illinois. And so we're working on a lot of legislative um, activities to bring that, that welcoming feeling to them. As they come here with professional licenses, and a lot of people have them, nurses, doctors, you know, things of that nature, that they can go to work right away yeah. with the amazing skills that they bring to our region. Yeah. Well, you got two nice big hospitals right between, uh, right on east side of this building, right? So Absolutely. That's good. So, so when you look at the growth of southwestern Illinois, where we're sitting right now in O'Fallon, Shiloh, huge growth yeah. is happening here. And that's that's something to really be proud of, yeah. you know. And, and you're seeing that also in the Edwardsville, Glen Carbon area with uh, Gateway Lakeview Commerce Center has over 10,000 jobs in that e-commerce logistics space, which is a big part of why they're located here because of the multimodal assets that we have river road rail it all comes together in southwestern illinois and it makes us a unique place with so many assets in terms of availability of land cost-effective land sure for people to locate here that's why you see you know amazon hershey dial unilever they're big all companies, here yeah. big companies so we don't have to get into specifics obviously but but yeah. a company of amazon right the yeah. arguably one of the largest in the world sure uh, and so what is that process for again for people like me that may not know mm-hmm. amazon comes to town they say hey Rhonda, we're gonna we're gonna come to southwestern mm-hmm. illinois it's it's there or texas or tennessee mm-hmm. or whatever So what's that process like to win that deal to where you can get a million square foot Mm -hmm. building built and have Amazon uh, deliver our packages in 20 minutes? Well, it's a team sport. Everybody comes together in the region to put together a very comprehensive package to really demonstrate why we want those types of company like Amazon here in our region. And a big thing that they're looking for these days is workforce. That STEM workforce with vocational training skills, that's a really important part. Construction trades, you know, welding and many other of those skill sets are really needed at many of those companies. And that's one of the reasons that we have won so much business. Well, you think of the work, what it does for everybody that lives here. You think of the tax dollars, what it does for our roads, our schools. It's a really, Mm -hmm. really big deal. And so what's that room look like? Obviously, it's a very long process to win an Amazon Mm -hmm. type. But Mm -hmm. who's sitting at the table in those rooms? I would say that you have everyone from economic development professionals, mayors. You have work force people, lots of folks from the state of Illinois talking about incentives mm-hmm. and things of that nature. But it's really a kind of all hands on deck approach. Yeah. Because when we go after a big project like that, we want to win. Yep. And we have won a lot. And it takes a lot of strategy and planning and bringing all those competitive forces together to put together the most compelling case why they should come here. Yep. And then a welcoming approach easy, you know, permitting, welcoming to the communities. That's a really important part. Matter of fact, that's what brought the Japanese here because they really liked what we were doing and the welcoming approach that we had to them. And with the Japanese, it's a long-term building process of relationships. And so when they came here, they saw our region. We were right here in this room, as a matter of fact. 
And they said, you know, we really like your area. And uh, they invited us back to Japan, several of us, to learn about Japanese business practices and and many other things to be really in tune with what Japanese companies that are relocating here want to see. And you're the ambassador, right? Yeah. Yeah, the ambassador up here. So that was amazing. That's really cool. Yes. Really cool. Don't you know that stuff's going across the hall from us sometimes, (laughs) you know? So so when you hear, uh, so the the, the mission of our firm is to help people achieve a future greater than their past. Mm -hmm. And when you hear that what what comes to mind for you I would say that's that's very similar to what we do every day you know we launched a workforce program with all of the local high schools and going out and talking to kids about the amazing things that are happening here because they don't see it either sure. and when they learn about these amazing jobs in cybersecurity or multimodal or e-commerce supply chain it really excites them and then they want to go to school and they right. want to do something better than what they ever thought they could do and so opening up those you know, opportunities and building awareness is a really big part of what we do. It's exciting and it's fun. And being a professor, it makes me proud (laughs) that I can go back to my high school in Cahokia and, you know, provide kids in our community with greater opportunities than they may ever think about. Yeah, it's hard to take that teacher out of you, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. It really is. <laughs> yeah. So when you when you think about everything going on right now with COVID and, and uh, the, the the pandemic and all the, the terrible things that have happened, mm-hmm. I mean, what what are you looking forward to the most as a leader, just as an individual? When we, yeah. we if you're watching, I'm using air quotes here, um, quote unquote, back to normal. Uh, right. If there is a if there is a normal, mm-hmm. what what are you looking forward to the most, and what do you think the the leaders in the area are looking forward to the most? Well, you know the most interesting thing about the COVID period is we've had to pivot as business leaders and figure out how do we do business in this new challenging yeah. environment. So broadband has been a huge issue. And we recently won a Connected Communities grant from the state of Illinois to bring broadband activities to this entire area. So from e-learning to remote working, telemedicine, we're working on all of that right yeah. now because some people are very well connected, whereas others are not. And that's a huge, huge challenge. So if we want to be the best in economic development, we got to have a network that really works for the people. You know, Scott Air Force Base has amazing cybersecurity, but as those people go back to their communities, they don't have as good a connectivity. And many other things are very similar out in many of the other areas with students trying to learn. So by enhancing that and bringing that to the table, we can advance economic development through a whole socialistic type Mm. of situation and all societal component parts. And that's a really important thing that we're doing there. So I think I heard during all this, correct me if I'm wrong, but around 91,000 students in the Metro East area, does that Mm -hmm. sound? So so you think about that, right? 91,000 students trying to jump on the internet at eight o'clock in the morning, right? All at the same time. I got to think that's a lot of strain on the system. It's a lot of strain on the system and everybody's remote working, telemedicine. So you have all of that. And so it's been very difficult. And I just want to say for those businesses that are struggling, you know, um, I've passed a lot of restaurants on my way here and you see a lot of people still eating outside. That's a very tough thing. So, you know, any anything that we can do to help that system and, you know, help them along the way on their path to recovery is a really important part of what we're doing. So and that leads me to another discussion I want to have is if somebody's listening to this right now and they want to get involved and they say, you know Mm -hmm. what, Rhonda, I don't know how I want to get involved, Mm -hmm. but I've got the the passion for it. I've got the energy for it and and the wherewithal Mm -hmm. for it. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know what I want to do, but I want to get involved. What, what do you recommend for those people? I would say that uh, go to our website. We have 10 different committees in a lot of different areas that creates that healthy ecostructure here. Mm-hmm. And we look for fantastic creative ideas that can be brought to the table. You know, the one thing that I always look for are people that are really passionate about moving our region forward and have creative ideas to do that. Because the same old thing isn't gonna work in the future. We have to think newer, you know, creative ideas to bring us to a new platform. And so I always invite those to our committee meetings and we would love to have people like that on board with us. That's great. Uh, so we'll send him, we'll put the, uh, the website in the show notes as well. So, uh, talk about that, that, that person, if you can think back and I look at my life and my professional career, and if I could go back 10 or 15 years and give myself some feedback, yeah, right. What, what would that feedback look like to Dr. Rhonda uh, Soje at that point? You know, I would say the last 10 to 15 years has been one big project after another. And the thing that that I'm never afraid of, and one of the things I encourage my students to do is take it on, take those issues on, be the champion, you know, be the champion for change. Um, And that's gonna lead to many other projects and even bigger things than you could have ever imagined. It led me to this role. I don't know how I would have ever actually ascended to this role without taking on so many community activities and not being afraid to do that. You know, leadership, you have to take on a little bit of risk or it's just management that you're bringing to the table. So real leaders have to be ready to be smart and take those uh, strategy positions and really drive them because there's always going to be some some type of risk involved right. in, in those kinds of activities. But you have to be brave and courageous and get out there and do it. Yeah. And you can make real change. Just a few people can have a significant impact on a community. Yeah. So when you think about that, it makes me think about comfort zone. I'm a big proponent in talking about, you know, my at 23 when I started or 22, whatever I was professionally. And, you know, now 20 years later, you know, my comfort zone was about that big. Right. Mm-hmm. And now it gets a little bit bigger every time you step outside that comfort zone. So, again, yeah. for our listeners right now, what, what would you say you've done over your career to help you, even though I may be a little scared of that, whatever that thing <laughs> is. Right. How have you jumped out of your comfort zone and kept striving to where you've gotten to? You know, a lot of people just believed in what you had done on your projects. And so then they would give me bigger projects and bigger projects the next time. And I remember when we were working on the levees, um, several of the levy leaders took me to lunch and said, we want you to organize all these communities. There was 61 community meetings to really inform everybody about what was happening with the levees, which was a huge, huge ordeal here in 2007, 2008. And I I often think back at that and thought, well, why me? Why would you want me to do it? And they're like, because we know you can do it and it's gonna be your bailiwick, go get that done. And I think it was their faith in me that we could get that done and move it ahead. And I'm really proud of where all of those projects went. It was a huge community effort. Lots of great people came into it. But I think it was people believing and seeing what you had done in the past and just knowing this is a project you can take yeah. on. So, and I didn't ever get the easy ones, by the way. I only, <laughs> I was I only say, that's what I was going to say. say <laughs> I know you're a humble leader, so you won't brag on this. But talk to us about this levy thing. Because, again, we talked about this a couple weeks ago on the phone. Just, sure. just the magnitude of that and what that thing actually does for this area. Oh, my goodness. So the levy um, consists of 65 miles from Alton all the way down to Columbia, Illinois. And in 2007, after Katrina, you know, they uh, the FEMA had 
had come in and looked at our levies and said, your levies really need to be updated, or you're not going to be able to build behind them and insurance Mm -hmm. rates and lots of other things. Well, that's our major industrial area. And so over $19 billion in industrial revenue is in that American bottoms, which is between the levee and the bluff. And so thinking about that, community leaders really rushed to the table and hats off to them from Monroe, St. Clair and Madison counties to say, you know, we need to take this on as a region and raise, well, actually pass and raise a quarter cent sales tax to refurbish those levies in the middle of a recession. So when we were out talking about that, you know, and we had to go to many communities that were on the bluff and some of them said, why do I care about you know, that American Bottoms area, because there were so many jobs there and how that would have impacted the region as a whole. And so getting out there and doing all those community meetings taught me an awful lot about really convincing people this and building a coalition that was very strong to take on an issue like this, mm. even then, even in the middle of a recession, right. you know, which was tough. Yeah. Fast forward to today, those levies are uh, being certified at the 100-year level, and we're taking on a higher level of certification to the 500-year because of insurance purposes. And so I think back at that, and there's so many things that could have went wrong. Right. But everything really came together, and people worked together, and it was the right thing to do. I think that's the key right there, right, is people came together. People came together. And, and you see and that's that with, not easy. No, and that's what I say. You see that in other areas where, like, this person that person just can't get along, so mm-hmm. therefore we can't make things yeah. happen in a region or whatever it may oh, be. Yeah. And so it's, Building coalitions is tough. Yeah. It's hard, and you got to get out there and really make it happen. So and I'm assuming these words will, will strike with you, especially with what you just talked about in 07 uh, doing this. But when you hear the words transparency and vulnerability – I mean, how, how crucial is that either when you're trying to get your point across, i.e. these mm-hmm. levies, or oh, yeah. just as being a leader in general? When mm-hmm. you hear those, what do you think? You know, some of the guiding principles of the Leadership Council are built on accountability, responsibility, transparency, ethics, integrity. And those have been principles that I've lived since way back in my early career at the Federal Reserve. And they mean a lot to me. And so we stand really strong and tough in making sure it needs to be the right project, the right thing to do for our communities. And that's, that's really important. And those are the kind of projects you'll see us yeah. doing. Yeah. And, you know, if it's something that has some other purpose or an individual gain, that's not what we're going to be involved in. And so making sure that those, those types of projects are the ones we coalesce and we build, you know, those um, collaborative coalitions around is really important because everybody can see that. Yeah. If it's something else, you know, you're going to lose your audience and they're never going to believe in you. Yeah. And I think you talked about vulnerability, you know, getting out there, not being afraid to say, I have, I have vulnerabilities. Everybody has vulnerabilities, but you can overcome those and you can do great things, but you know, together you can do a lot of things really, really well. Um, but it has to be for the right reason. I've found the more vulnerable I can be with people then the more they will open up, right? If I can be vulnerable Mm -hmm. with you, Mm-hmm. Therefore, you're probably going to have a little bit more permission mm-hmm. to be more vulnerable with me. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree with yeah. that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think that's that's critical. So, um, so when you think about it, you know this, my podcast, which is not necessarily what we're we're here to talk about today, but is the circuit of success. So you always mm-hmm. like to talk about success, right? But yeah. I think that sometimes the the bad things that can happen in our lives can actually teach us a lot to mm-hmm. have good stuff, right? Sure. And so when you think about that, and I don't not to get into any details, obviously, but if you have disappointment, what, what's your process to get, get through that mm-hmm. disappointment and not let it, you know, fester and mm-hmm. kind of move on yep. into your life for the next week, month, you know, six mm-hmm. months, whatever it may be? 
I really think it started when I was in high school. I went to a very underserved high school and I came from a very low income, poor family. And, you know, we always looked at it as you can't go down, you have to go up because there's no going down. You're already at the bottom. Sure, right, <laughs> so right. There's only, only going up in go, your right. career. And nothing, you know, when you learn strategy and competitive intelligence, it can position you for any challenge, any place, anywhere. Yeah. Because if your first strategy doesn't work out, you have three or four other positions you can play. And I think that's a thing that it's always so important and you never stop. Whatever that project is, I'm gonna figure out how to get it done. It may not work the first time, but we're gonna figure out a strategy that's gonna work for this community yeah. and get it down the road. I like that. So then on the flip side of that coin is success. So how do you define success? Success. Success is when the project really happens and we're standing at the groundbreaking, we're standing at the ribbon cutting and I'm seeing people go to work there um, and a lot of these projects that may yeah. have never had that opportunity. That's Success neat. is when I'm in a high school and then I find out later that nine of those people joined the military because they found out about cybersecurity and they want to enter that field. That's success. Yeah, that's I huge. like that. Yeah. Yeah. What a neat thing to be able to do, right? To be able to talk about so many areas. You don't have just one concentration. You have yeah. obviously a concentration of land, but but not of opportunity. Yeah. And I, I think yeah. that's got to be a great feeling. So what are you most excited about now for this southwestern Illinois region? I mean, some of the things that are on the horizon that you can talk about. You know, southwestern Illinois is amazingly positioned in the United States. And so when we look at all of the other areas that we compete against, there are a lot of amazing things from river road rail, air and pipeline, mm. and our Mississippi River all coming together. You know, conquering the le levee challenge was really a big community issue. That opens up so many opportunities. And we start to see just an amazing collection of firms from geospatial intelligence and also cybersecurity coming to the region because of Scott yeah. Air Force Base. There is a huge growth track that we're on and we're really excited about yeah. that and those are the people you want coming to your community absolutely right mm -hmm. so talk to us about what's under the ground so you talked about the pipeline i mean you know you hear these mm -hmm. things right there's pipelines that run all over the mm -hmm. the country obviously so what's what's mm -hmm. the pipeline that you talk about here in our mm -hmm. area so we have pipelines that actually run north south east west for different types of petroleum transfer and you don't even know that they're running right. under the ground and that's why we have so many facilities in Wood River like Philip 66. Recently in the last several years Philip 66 did a, over a four billion dollar build out of their facility. They're one of the only inland refineries so when all the other ones are shut down for inclement weather here we are and we're producing all that time. And then there are pipelines that run out to Lambert Airport and other places that fuel the planes that take off. So if you're ever taken off yeah. in a plane, it, that jet fuel was highly likely made right here in southwestern Illinois. And so there's just so much infrastructure here that's important. And because of that, you know, that enables us to then set a solid foundation for future economic growth because people want to be where those assets are. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's 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 uh, huge. You know, as I'm driving around taking my kids to games and different things, I don't think about all these pipes that are, you mm -hmm. know, going all over the world. There's hurricanes and different mm -hmm. things going down. They're shut down. What a major role that yeah. is, is in our world. So, and when so, you think about the future and what climate's going to do, you know, being in a place like this in the middle of the United States really strategically positions us for so many more activities as we move forward. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, so talk to us about the role that uh, 
your mindset has played in, in your in your life. So whether you, you wake up and, and you got to choose them. In my opinion, we wake up every morning, God willing, and we have to choose a mindset. Mm-hmm. And, and how has that played a role in your life? I would say choosing a positive mindset where you're always ready to go get those projects done right. because they're never ending. The more work you do, the more work we have. And I would say um, being able to really take on those projects in a very positive way because you know you can overcome any challenge that's out there. Well, this is been, I have about 100 more questions I could ask, <laughs> but I know uh, it's, it's been great having you. So where would our listeners find, again, you talked about the website. Could you talk mm-hmm. about the website a little bit and then where sure. can our listeners find more? Um, they can find more information about the Leadership Council at our website, which is www.leadershipcouncilsouthwesternillinois.swil. So leadershipcouncilswil.com. Okay. So they can go there, find out tons of information. Anything. They can get involved. They can get involved. Former yeah. projects, learn about you and your team to. and some of your team here and so all Absolutely. that kind of stuff. And so, I would encourage and them And I guess that'd be my last question for you is as a leader, uh, so many of us, we have teams, right? They're so critical. I know for me, mm-hmm. our team is critically important to our mm-hmm. success and couldn't right. do what we do without them. And so talk about teamwork and, and that effort and energy that goes into that. Well, in addition to the 250 leaders, we have all of the company employees they have and just a huge network. So we actually work with thousands of people here. Wow. And on my team, we only have three and a half people. Okay. Um, the half a person just was added recently, but we have an amazing crew with Amanda Hornacek, mm-hmm. who is our executive coordinator and then Liz Happel who is our executive assistant and they do a phenomenal job so there's only three of us yeah. but we're a small but mighty team I Isn't would say amazing lots of work getting done by lots a lot of, of great work. people lots of, of work getting work. done by great people and you couldn't find a more fabulous crew that's great well I know even just setting this up it's been phenomenal the follow-up the the leadership that you can see so thanks so much well Ron it's been awesome having you oh, thanks well, thank so, you much so much for being with us and just a wealth of information and uh just, you know, for, as a leader in this area, thank you for what you're doing because that stuff, I know, uh, again, we go in our busy lives every day and we don't think about the hard work that you and your team are doing. And, and mm-hmm. I look around and even if you're watching this, you can see all these buildings and all the new buildings here to Edwardsville mm-hmm. or wherever. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of work that's going on that uh, sometimes you probably don't get told thank you. So thank you very no, much. And you. it's amazing what you guys it's are doing. It's a big team effort. I can assure you of that. That's so right. thank you so much for our, the opportunity today. Absolutely. Yes. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.